detective. Thrill me. Thrill me podcast is back for another week. I'm your host Adam. My co-host Jared is next to me. How are we, mate? Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, have you got some sort of problem about this this week's episode? A little bit. A little bit. But we'll yeah we'll get to that. All right. I'll let I'll, I'll let everyone in on what we decide to do for this episode. We've actually got it as a two parter, and we're calling it the Halloween franchise Smackdown. In the blue, we've dusted off the bum fight. <laughs> Remember the old bum fight? We've dusted that off again. We've pulled two aging fighters out of the local PCYC and put pit them in the ring together. In the in the blue corner is Halloween Five. Jared, I believe you're the corner man and mm. cut man for this. <laughs> yeah, this fighter I'm drag kicking and screaming <laughs> um, into the camp for Halloween Five. <laughs> um, and in the red corner is one Halloween Six, <laughs> which I, I've I've taken on a sort of a Mickey from Rocky approach <laughs> with, with Halloween Six. A lot of you're a bum and shit like that. <laughs> now, Jared, is it fair to say that this is possibly the lower ebb of the Halloween franchise? It would be extremely fair mm-hmm. to say they're awful, both of them. <laughs> They are awful. But we're trying to find out who's the worst. Who, which one's the worst? It's like saying to me, if I could if I could put my balls in a vice or a blender, which one would I take? Really, I don't I don't enjoy either of them. But if you had me over a barrel and I had to pick one, You're... I'm picking Halloween 5, okay. a.k.a. the vice. Okay, okay. All right, fair enough. As I said, I prefer a good blender, <laughs> uh, especially if it's a neutral. <laughs> but uh, we'll get we'll get on to that. Uh, we'll get on to the blending advice later. Halloween six is anything like that. It's not going to be the neutral bullet. It's going to be <laughs> it's going to be one of the knockoffs. The neutral bullet. <laughs> okay, okay. Look, before we get started, you've got the whole Kogan Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get started in full and get a get a full rundown on what the vice is like, we're going to um, talk about what we've recently been watching. Jared, have you managed to catch anything decent over the past little while? No, not a whole lot. I've been uh, <laughs> no, I'm very... not considering Halloween time. <laughs> no, that. That count. Yeah, no, I've been pretty tied up with with other stuff, but. Uh, Managed to get a look at Dallas Buyers Club. Legally? <laughs> Legally, yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm not getting a knock on the door from the, uh, from the uh, company that made it asking me for $8,000 or whatever they're, they're looking for. No, um, I thought it was name your own price. <laughs> I think they were coming in. With Navy they were like one of those guys on the street in New York that you know sell handbags, and they say forty bucks, forty bucks. I think that's what they were doing. They were coming in for eight, eight thousand. <laughs> if you said I'll pay the twenty bucks, they'll say, Dear. "All right, all right, deal." Um, but no, I did. I what were your thoughts on the legally. Dallas Spice Club? Probably a little bit overrated. You reckon? Yeah, I thought the acting performances were. Excellent and deserved the accolades they got, but the movie itself was 
little bit boring. I thought. Uh, I, I thought. I thought it was. It was a good movie. Of course, yeah. I wasn't raving. I did like the fact that they didn't go overboard on his transition from like that hated everything about people who were gay. Yeah. To a guy who ended up being a very big part of. Starting that, yeah, that. it was more kind of on the, yeah. the business aspect yeah. and the effect that it had. But but, yeah. but the only real thing you get about him sort of becoming more tolerant was when he finds out that Rayon's died and he just hugs yeah, the boat. Yeah. That yeah, that and I like that. I thought that was understated. But you're right; it probably isn't quite as good um, as everyone makes out. Yeah, I think I went in with high expectations because of the individual awards that they won, but. I and did, McConaughey is absolutely it. phenomenal. You know, yeah. Um, and I watched, uh, I'm up to episode five of Daredevil. Yep. Loving is it good? It. <clears throat> Loving it. It is sensational. Acting performances, just awesome. Vincent, um, <coughs> Vincent D'Onofrio yeah, yeah. as Kingpin is excellent. Charlie Cox, great as Daredevil. Like the action sequences are just top notch. They no, are good. really, really good. So yeah, it's definitely definitely worthwhile, but uh, that's about all I've seen. Does it wipe away the smell of <laughs> Affleck's it does. foray into it? It does, I believe. It's really <clears throat> sort of. Uh, I mean, we all know that that's just, you know, the that guy, was hampered by not enough coolio. Yeah, yeah, exactly, not enough coolio. <laughs> it's uh, definitely put Daredevil up with with their their bigger names now in my book. I think it's just Marvel with the golden touch again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I had a uh, bit of a mixed bag. I watched a documentary on um, bodybuilding called Generation Iron. That's p- kind of like a quasi-sequel to Pumping Iron. I don't know if you've seen Pumping Iron, the Schwarzenegger mm. one. Um, it's basically the same concept just in 2013, a group of bodybuilders going into Mr. Olympia. And, look, it was interesting. It was, it was quite interesting. They do talk to Arnie mm. um, about it. And he sort of points out that the bodies have become so disproportionate now. You know, they're just incredible. They're freakishly huge in Think comparison to what they were when he was running for it. It would be very hard to top pumping iron. <clears throat> pumping iron was very good. Pumping this, iron displays why Arnie got to where he got to because he was a very charming character. Charismatic and Very sort of entertaining bloke. And that's what he kind of said. He sort of said yeah. in this that they were looking for people to talk about the sport, but most of the guys weren't. Weren't talkers They were shy guys Yeah they were smart But they weren't Big talkers And so he was Arnie coming along And talking The house down And I think that's true This one wasn't as interesting In that regard But It had its moments So that was there I also Checked out um, I Know What You Did Last Summer I haven't seen that In a long time Mm. It's got its good moments It's also got some shit in it Yeah Upon review It's not as good As I remember it I had a real soft spot for that. I I don't know. That was right in my wheelhouse. It was at the time when I was right in the age bracket and everything that that those movies were aimed at. And even though I knew it wasn't quite, you know, upper upper echelon work, I just loved it. Oh, look, it's very good in parts. It's interesting I say this. It might be just because I've watched this other one more, but I actually find the that Sorority Row, which pretty much runs a very similar line, mm. to I find that to be a more entertaining film. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, I, I really liked Sorority Row. I thought they did a really good job of it. I like this. I know what you did last summer. I just feel it's obviously dated. I mean, it's Christ, it's almost 20 years old. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, <clears> I, was, <throat> I was right in that bracket, so it definitely adds to my um, 
Definitely adds to more sort of feelings on that one. Yeah, and the last thing I've been watching is rewatching Harper's Island, the te- thirteen episode television series, which was kind of had that slasher element to it and the who done it side. You know what? I really enjoyed it the first time. I kind of enjoyed some of it, but there's an episode where it just jumps the shark. About three, three episodes towards the end, there's just this ridiculous scene where we. We sort of confront the killer. We've got shotguns, and yet, oh, go, 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 leave. Leave me to have a knife fight with him. It's like, mm. what the fuck? You just put the shotgun to his head and blow his brains out. Yeah, look, I enjoyed it when it was on. I think, the personally, I thought the biggest strength of it was the, the killing someone at the end of each week. Mm. Um, so you had this kind of week-by-week week sort of pull, and anyone that was riding that person, oh, no, you were know, yeah. out, you... you Picked wrong or whatever. My issue with it was when I watched it, I developed a theory as to who it was about three episodes in, and mm. was sort of came true. So, yeah. And once I kind of, once I once I put the, you know, pointed the finger at this one person, it would just became so clear. It was just so predictable. Yeah. Um, and I thought the the last couple of episodes of it just really dropped the ball. Even, yeah. when I, even when I knew who it was, I still enjoyed, yeah. you know, some of the kills and the, the whole um, build-up they had, but the last couple of episodes were just awful. And and they kind of waste a few cast members here and there. Like Harry Hamlin rocks up in the first episode, yeah. and he's really good, and he's killed instantly, and it's kind of like he had interesting – there were interesting little subplots going on with him early on that were never really – Touched on again because he was dead, and he was a seasoned actor who could have given it a little bit more, something extra a bit of class. Yeah, when 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 you get to these a lot of these young guys, and there's a couple of good actors in there, but it just kind of doesn't work when there's no slashing happening. It's kind of like a soap opera, and it's just a little bit dicey. And you're right, the last couple of episodes are just shit. They're awful. No, they really do lose the plot. Once it, especially like I think one of the big mistakes was finding out who the killer was and then having a whole episode after that yeah. to kind of explain it. Yeah. It was just, it almost got to just the point ridiculous. of just laughable. But that's that's my watching. Ding, ding. Let's uh, take a quick break and then come back and, and talk about your your horse. Pat up, get the gloves on. <laughs> Made in 1989, directed by Dominic Athena Gerard, a Swiss auteur responsible for The Omen 4, I believe, was another um, film on his resume. It was, of course, produced by Mustafa Akkad and Ramsey Thomas, written by Michael Jacobs, Dominic Athena Gerard, and Shem Bitterman, and Alan Smithy, <laughs> and any number of other people who had a reasonable idea in their head. And um, Alan Smithy wanted his name removed. <laughs> <laughs> to J. Doe. <laughs> uh, it stars, of course, Donald Pleasance as Dr. Loomis, Daniel Harris as Jamie. Jamie. 
Um, she was in Halloween 4 and in the later Rob Zombie Halloweens as well. Mm. Bit of a uh, genre favourite. Yes. Ellie Cornell as uh, Rachel. Boo Starr as Sheriff Meeker. And then Wendy Kaplan as Tina. This movie was budgeted at about $3 million and was actually the lowest grossing Halloween, I believe, with an $11 million take at the box office. So your bloke has copped one on the fucking chin instantly when he's walked out of the he's walked out of the corner and taken one. Look, it's going to be one of many, but so is yours. <laughs> oh, yeah. My guy didn't even get out of the corner. He got smacked hard. Right, let's. My let's... guy got out of the corner. You know, face full of stubble, smells like wine. <laughs> <laughs> your actually... guy, yeah, you know your, your your horse is the guy that fights Rocky at the start of Rocky in the local gym. He gets his. Face punched in. My my guy is his less talented brother. <laughs> uh, okay, likes none. I have none. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> you got none. There's a lot of good fog. A couple of fog <laughs> elements that I liked. Yeah, and the fog nearly covered up the screen, so you didn't have to watch what was going. on. And there's on. a couple of scenes from Halloween Four. Yeah, dislikes. <laughs> Let's move on to the dislikes. Your guy is copying a pizzly <laughs> already. Oh, that's all right. I mean, you know, I'm, 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 uh, I'm ready to take some punches because I know. <laughs> you, you, you feel know, it. It's a rope of dope. I know. Yeah. I know what's coming in Halloween Six. So I'm going to lean on the rope and take some. <laughs> Hang on a second. And then so what you're saying firing. is you got a strong chin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Dislikes. Come on. Well, where do we start? There's not a there's a lot to dislike about this. Basically, movie. to go through the dislikes, we would have to do a hundred minute commentary on the movie oh, because geez, it's everything, pretty much everything. everything. I mean, you only have to start start right at the start, right? Now he gets shot from Halloween Four. He was shot by about a million shotguns. Yep. And he falls. Now this is a graveyard he was in. Is that right? I thought it was a, a graveyard, but. It turns out it's, it's actually shaft. a mine shaft. Yeah. He falls into the mine shaft. I now, think it was a mine shaft. I think we were just clouded by the stench <laughs> that was coming off the thing when we opened up the DVD. Okay, okay. So he falls down a mine shaft, conveniently placed. Conveniently <laughs> placed. The coppers throw down some bungers and let loose an explosion. And now, meanwhile, Michael has is crawling. Snake-like out the window, out, out the side of the mine shaft, and it explodes, and he falls out into what? <laughs> Niagara Falls or yeah. some shit? He, yeah, it looks like you know, in, oh, looks like a fairly large river of some sort. But he's yeah, he sort of just slips into that, and thankfully, away. Um, you'll be happy to know that the actor is wearing some sort of flotation device underneath his Michael Myers. Get up. Yeah, we can only assume that's how he survived getting shot so many times because there was clearly something under the suit. Yeah. He looks kind of square. Yeah. Um, speaking of look, it sort of goes hand in hand. I mean, this is the worst Michael Myers has looked. Depending on your thoughts on uh, on Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, I guess, and how you copped the, the, the jacket and the beard <laughs> and stuff like that. Hobo in Joe. In terms of sort of, you know, classic Michael Myers, what you expect him to look like, this is the worst he's looked. Yeah. The yeah. mask looks terrible. The mask's, like, not tucked in, so it's kind of flapping yeah, around. Yeah, flapping around like that. Um, the guy playing him is not very good. 
or didn't get very good direction on what to do. Uh, <laughs> There's so. that seed that he, after he comes out of the 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 mine shaft and goes down bloody Niagara Falls Rapids or whatever, he ends up at like a shanty town or something yeah, like that. Some hermit. some hermit guy. Is he blind? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't we know. We just watched it. I can't even remember. <laughs> I think, I I thought th- I he, think was... he can see. Oh, Jesus. He, he then collapses and the blind guy, oh, oh shit, the guy the guy in the Old Man River. <laughs> old Man Rapids. <laughs> <laughs> the Old Man Rapids, then um, it cuts away. Old Man Rapids obviously picks him up and takes him in. It cuts away and it says... It's a year later, basically, because Michael attacked the young girl in Halloween 4 on Halloween night, yeah. and it says Halloween again. Yeah, so yeah. we're assuming so we're... a year has passed. Yes. A year has passed. Old Man Rapids has <laughs> has looked after Michael Myers, and basically he's just sitting there. He ha- he's laying there on the bed. There's a mask. His mask is hanging up. He's not wearing it. It seems he just, like he's been laying there yeah. for a year. He literally sits up. Hasn't changed his clothes or anything. Uh, he sits up and we just get this full shot of his face. He looks like he should be modelling for <laughs> Calvin Klein or something. There's not a scratch on not him. Not a scratch on him, not a bit of stubble, <laughs> not a moustache, nothing. He looks yeah. baby-faced. Yeah. So old man Rappers has been feeding him, shaving him. Now, <laughs> now remember, remember, in part two of Halloween, he had his eyes shot out and Explosion set him on fire. In Halloween, now those eyes they give you a mean sort of blue steel. (laughs) (laughs) Crystal clear. Let's face it, he's so hot right now. Okay, (laughs) this guy he he looks like he's a he's a baby face. And notice how he had burn marks on his hands, but nothing on his face. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. His face was. I mean, his entire Unless you call him smouldering and had well, smouldering eyes. Let's not forget, in part four, he came out of the, wherever he was being kept, I can't really remember off the top of my head, but he came out of where he was being kept with, with bandages all over his head and everything. Yeah. But that was just to hide the fact that it was Derek Zootley. Maybe, well, <laughs> maybe we're just assuming that that was the Burns and he'd actually had plastic surgery yeah, or something. Yeah. <laughs> to look like the Schlepp brothers. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, mind you, after all that old man Rapids has done for this bloke, fed him, washed him, you know, gave him a sponge bath, shaved him weekly, he just kills the bloke. Ungrateful pig. Ungrateful bastard. <laughs> um, and, and goes on his merry way back to Haddonfield. So, basically, we've just got the stupidest setup to a Halloween movie yet. Mm. Wasn't there supposed to be some kind of um, voodoo in in another in some cutscenes or some? God, I don't know. I, I believe that there was meant to be a voodoo element. I didn't think it could be worse somewhere along the line. But then we we finally meet up with Jamie, who was the protagonist protagonist from Halloween Four, mm. uh, and Rachel. Uh, now she ended Halloween Four, Jamie, by actually putting on Michael's the mask, costume, the costume he had that he'd worn when he was a kid, yeah. and knifed his. She knifed her own mum. Yeah. Right? Turns out she didn't kill her. Retcon. She, she knifed. Yeah, yeah. Get rid of it. <laughs> now she's mute mm-hmm. and living in some sort of sanitarium or something. Yep. 
Is that right? Yeah, and has some sort of... <clears throat> She's hooked up to all these machines to... It, no one ever explains why or yeah. what they're looking for, they're testing for. But she's got some sort of telepathic link to Michael. To Michael, yeah. She gets and conveniently scribbles, scribbles on the chalkboard, he's coming. And then, of course, Dr. Loomis comes in. She's having a seizure. Oh. Dr. Loomis comes busting in. They're about to do a tracheotomy on her, emergency tracheotomy. No, 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 he says. She'll stabilise. You're a fucking psychotherapist, <laughs> mate. You're not a surgeon or a... A GP? <laughs> and you've just, you're wandering around the hospital and stumbled into surgery. <laughs> you're not even wearing scrubs. Get, get yourself cleaned up, first things first, and then stop interrupting the experts. I mean, the guy's not qualified to put a prescription together for some fucking Panadol. <laughs> <laughs> he's not, he's, he's a lunatic. He's a loon. <laughs> Basically, the start of the movie sets him up. He's acting like Crazy Ralph, sort of material. <laughs> he is. He's just wandering around the hospital, just butting in on, you know, important medical procedures. No, give him give him 500 cc's. <laughs> Somebody put that bloke back in the ward. <laughs> Has he got out again? Shit, go get him. So so this is the first 15 minutes of the film. Now, absolutely. 10, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> haven't even got 15 Yeah, well, probably, yeah, you're probably right. With, with 10 in. We meet Rachel, who was also in Halloween 4, and her group of friends, which include Tina and a couple of other <laughs> faceless um, faceless and uh, dimensionless characters. We quickly wish we hadn't. Maybe. Yeah. And at this stage, the movie's got this massive problem, and the problem is there's no clear-cut hero. There's no clear-cut Sort of person we were supposed to root for. Yeah, we, it could be Jamie, Rachel, Tina, or Doctor Loomis. Mm, the story's really confused because, I mean, it seems like Jamie's supposed to be the main, the main character, but because she can't talk, and just spends the movie sort of writhing whenever the telepathic link <laughs> kicks in. It's sort of. <laughs> It's just confused. And then, of course, we've got Loomis rambling nonsensically about evil and stuff like that. And, you know, we talked about when we covered the first film that Loomis sells a touch of ham mm. to his performance. This is just – there's no ham on the bone. No, he there's is none just, left. He's just – yeah, he is just going off. He's having some sort of – He's sleepwalking at the start. We think he was intoxicated. Well, by the end of the movie, if he wasn't intoxicated, <laughs> there's something there's something a little off because it was just... Yeah. He's just all uh, over the shop. He seems to have no restraint. Um, I'm a fan of Donald Pleasance, but this is not his finest. But this is directorial issues in my mind. No one actually says to him, Donald, you need to rein it in a touch. Well, now, judging by the rest of the work, we couldn't trust the director to do anything. No, no. I mean, the director was a Swiss character, and I get the feeling that fog machines and <laughs> and arty sort of tilts and shit were more his bag, and the film doesn't need that kind of stuff. It should does. have been doing an 80s music video, by the Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> a bit of fart rock, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this, this film is a cookie-cutter slasher movie. It's a simple setup. It's a simple thing you run. You run the, the basic stuff. Now, you needed a hero. You've already got a villain. Myers is your villain. You've already got that. 
Um, there's yeah, no we don't, wanna, we don't, you don't want to run the complicated <clears throat> plays. Yeah. We just want the simple give yeah. and go. What we, <laughs> what we want to do is just take it up the guts. Yeah, right? We, we just want to take simple. it up the guts. Yeah, that's that's the big problem. Like the story is just. I mean, you don't have to do much to put a story together for a for a Halloween or a Friday the Thirteenth and that sort of thing. Like it, it just. It's so confusing as to who's supposed to be running the running the show. Who are we supposed to be following? Who's driving the story? Who's you know, nobody? Who's the drama. Nobody. It, it just seems to go from scene to scene of Michael. Someone. Someone standing around talking about something, and Michael hovering around, looking like he needs to pee. <laughs> he kind of. He kind of sort of um, shuffles back and forth on each leg, yeah. and it's almost like I reckon. He was basically waiting in the wings for his cue. Well, that that's another dislike that a lot of Michael <laughs> is in daylight and it just looks stupid. Takes any sort of menace out of the character. Um, as you said, he seems to be shuffling from <laughs> side to side. There's none of those... Ooh, ooh, yeah, ooh, there's none of those shots where be. you just kind of see him standing. He's always in some sort of fidgety yeah. <laughs> motion or shuffling or yeah. something like that. Then they have my favourite where they're kind of talking in the park and you see Michael kind of <laughs> shuffling around. <laughs> they cut to cut to another angle, cut back, and he's behind the tree. So you can't, all you can see is a pair of legs. <laughs> It's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. It's an awful, awful, awful bit of work. And Michael is probably the worst he's been um, as far as the actual. And look, there's not a lot of acting involved in this kind of stuff. You know, usually they hire a stuntman and the stuntman just sort of he's big and burly and it's pretty simple. Make sure your breathing's quite pronounced so we can see your sort of chest puff it out. But this guy's really bad. I don't know whether it's just, you know, there's not much you can really do with it. But others have succeeded better with Michael yeah. in other films. So now Rachel, who was our protagonist or one of our protagonists in Halloween 4, is basically, I think, quickly killed off and, and probably shouldn't have been. Yeah, I don't think There was so. no point in passing it on to Tina, who's exactly the same sort of character. There's no reason to have killed a previous final girl. We could have kept her and had the audience interested. Yeah, that's what I think too. Her and um, her and Danielle Harris worked pretty well in part four together, and I thought yeah. you really stuffed up by. Well, it, it her makes no really sense, especially when you the, the the girl that you put in that kind of role that we're following throughout the movie is just she's annoying. She's personality barren, and Rachel is killed pretty haphazardly. As well, they try and build this kind of tense scene where Michael's kind of stalking her in the house, and there's this ridiculous bit where she's in the closet, she's in <laughs> she's in a walk-in closet, right? And she's trying it. She's she's trying on some clothes, and then we get sort of a, a sort of a, I guess a tighter shot from over the top of the the closet railing where you hang your clothes on, <laughs> and she's right here. She's looking looking to her left, probably. Then you just see his hand come up and sit on the railing. He is within about, what, a couple of inches? Oh, yeah. And he's wearing this white mask. He's about six foot four. I mean, <laughs> blind Freddy should have been out of scene. Just, yeah. he must have been holding up a dress or something over his face. <laughs> I, don't know. Know. I don't know what was going on there. And then she's, she's, she's killed by getting stabbed in the, 
in the chest or whatever with a pair of scissors. But that's the end of her character. We're 15, 20 minutes in now. Jamie's mute. Loomis is rambling and we're left with a, a, a final girl or a hero girl who actually isn't the final girl because she doesn't really make it to the end, if I'm not mistaken. <sighs> well. Who's really annoying and really hard to root for. Yeah, and as you said, it's kind of 20 minutes in and we still don't really know that's the case, you know. We don't know who we're, who we're following. In the end, it's Jamie, but, it, like, it's really... Odd. She doesn't say anything. She just spends uh, spends a lot of the time, as I said, writhing. When when Michael's killing someone, she has some sort of telepathic seizure. Yeah. Um, getting yelled at by Loomis. Uh, you know something. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Jesus. about it. it it's yeah. It's. Uh, but there's also a young boy character who's introduced as a sort of a f- friend of Jamie's, who's living in the same hospital. Yeah. He's a stutterer. <laughs> He's a stutterer, but he, of course, also doesn't get anything to do. It's, it's like the movie is just, I think you sort of said it when we were watching it, there's no connective tissue to any of the scenes. They're all kind of like here, 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 just, and no, there's no through line. So nothing's moving, no scene is pushing on to the next scene, to the next scene, to the yeah, next scene. There's no, it's not sort of <clears throat> advancing the plot. Yeah. It's just going to a scene where Michael's... Putting someone in danger. Oh, let's go back to Jamie in the hospital. Mm. Let's, it just bounces around, and then we also uh, get introduced to our. Would we call them comic relief? The cops. I wouldn't. There's two That's coppers. It's too kind to them. Yeah. They are obviously supposed to be. Whoever finds that amusing, I don't share their sense of humour. No, no, because every time these guys turn up on screen in the early stage. They're accompanied by bing, boing, some sort of... So there's a circus whistle. It's, yeah. it's definitely where they, where they walk out of the first thing. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> for, for, nobody could explain why that's in there. Look, really misjudged. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Somebody really misjudges it with this one. That's something we, I mean, that's something we might see in a Friday the 13th or something like that. Because they accepted, you know, went a little bit tongue-in-cheek in parts and threw that sort of stuff at us occasionally. Damn enchiladas. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of stuff was staple for one of the yeah. Halloween didn't really do it. And I think this shows why, because it was just totally misjudged. It yeah, was yeah. so bad. And the kicker, we don't even get the, we don't even get to see them get bumped. No, no, no. We just find them. Dead in their car, don't we? It doesn't really show them being killed or... Yeah. We just sort of aftermath shots of them dead. We were also introduced to this man in black. And this is where... Do we have to mention it? This is where we, me and Jared, get into a little bit of... Our our boys trade blows (laughs) toe-to-toe. A little bit of a tete Um, Because I've always felt that five has bled into six, Right. Now, we sort of discussed it in detail uh, while we are watching it. And what I mean by that is the man in black becomes a part of part five. So this guy just turns up on the bus one day and he's, he's, he's wearing a big black duster jacket and a pair of black boots with steel-toed um, tips mm. and he just gets off the bus and walks away. We see him a couple more times throughout the movie. He's got a, he's got a um, druid 
tattoo on his arm. Well, we don't know. It's on his wrist, or he's got something on his... Yeah, he's, he's got, got a tattoo on his wrist. He's got a tattoo on his wrist. He's also walking around with what looks to be a medical bag. Mm. It reminds me, with all the fog, <laughs> of the, the that classic shot of The Exorcist. Yeah, there's, a couple, that, the, there's a couple that look just like yeah, it. Yeah, The Exorcist. All we get, much like everything else in the movie, there's little explanation. All and he we wears get, a hat, too. All we the, get is that he's... he's there's some connection with Michael. He's mysterious? He's mysterious. Of course he's, he's mysterious. He's mysterious. He's Lots mysterious. of fog. More fog. <laughs> more fog. <laughs> uh, now look, this doesn't make any sense, Dominique. Don't worry about it. Put more fog on. The shot's not working. More fog. <laughs> but what I, when I say that I feel that they're both connected and, and, and five created six is that the man in black comes out in five and that's followed up on in six and there's an attempt to explain all that. Now, I sort of was of the opinion that they were painted into a corner. And in a way they were, but I think you've got to lay the blame for that probably on producer Mustafa Akkad's head. Yeah. Because He's... really he would have been the guy that signs off on this man in black. Yeah. He then probably tells the next person who writes six, you have to stick to this this formula, this line we were going. Yeah. So here's where you've, you've, thrown, you've thrown your hook. <clears throat> I'm ducked. I'm ready to throw a kick. You haven't ducked. You took it on the chin. <laughs> okay, look. You stumbled. Then you come back with some shit. I stumbled, but I'm ready to throw one. I can't see where you are, but I'll, I'll <laughs> just throw something out there. I don't think you can hold that against part five because it's a horror tradition to forget about the stupid things that happened in the last movie and just run with it. Whether that's Akkad's fault or whether it's uh, – the writers of Part Six's fault, Alan Smithy, uh, <laughs> Smithy and Co. <laughs> um, whether, whoever's fault it was, they had the opportunity to look at Part Five, say we made little money on this. The reviews were shocking, and they had the chance to watch it and go, "That's a dumb idea. They're mm. not using it." So I can't, I can't blame Five for for Six taking that weird tangent off into the draw. I was going to blame Five hard. Now, we've come to the conclusion that really both films deserve a kick up the ass oh, they're both for here. this particular plot point that came up in the series. Both of them are equally to blame for having it started and then continued. Whoever signed off on this stuff, it's probably irrelevant, really, yeah. because the bottom line is somebody said yes to it. And they both suck. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, as we were mentioning before, there's there's a real sort of – there's this pit of hell when it comes <laughs> when it comes to the big three franchises. Personally, I put Halloween's five and six in the pit. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street six is in the pit. Is Elm Street four in the pit? Because oh, four's pretty it's bad. It's clinging onto the edge. It hasn't quite fallen in, but it's it's, it's there. there. Rob Zombie's Halloween two is in the pit for me. Mm. Outside of that, there's not much in there. So Halloween has basically it's it's Halloween's pit of yeah, hell with yeah. you know one Freddy thrown in there. Yeah. So yeah, they're just they're terrible movies. Those. But two. I think my problem with five and and you know this is where we're going to probably differ. Just one. No, I got a lot of problems, but my big issue with five is I just feel that it's like no one gave a shit. Mm. It seems so disorganized. It seems so poorly scripted and shot, it's like no one gave a rat's ass. It's, it's, mm. it, it feels as if, oh, don't worry, it's just it's a Halloween movie. People will line up to see it. 
Yeah. Doesn't matter the quality. And as, my uh, argument towards six being a better movie is and a better boxer is that I think they were trying at the very least. Yeah. Well, my counter to that was um, it's well documented that the guy in part five didn't know what he was doing. Part six, they got a couple of blokes who really loved the movie and still fucked it up. Basically. But they were trying. That, uh, that oh, you don't get points for trying when <laughs> you, you do. Go, when you do it as bad as Halloween. Six. You do with no, me. No, you don't. Uh, look, I think Athena Gerard is not the director for any of this sort of material. No, and he really didn't know what he was doing. It just seems like he 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 hatches upon an idea and he goes, "Oh shit, that looks all right," and he decides to run with it. And he doesn't really know what to do with the rest of it. And that's the thing about the Man in Black. Mm. It just kind of hovers around doing nothing. For the 98 minutes, this is 98 well, minutes. Well, he's only long. in it for about five minutes because he yeah. just shows up for bloody half a second here and there. But it basically, really just, it didn't need it. It wouldn't have made it a better movie or a worse movie. <laughs> like it's, it, it didn't really change anything, except in in your opinion, it, it changed part six. It did, but I, as I said, I can't get, I can't get on with that because. Even in Halloween, we'd already we'd already just we just spoke about how Halloween five retconned the ending of Halloween four mm. to bring Jamie back. Yeah, so that's it, right. If you got a stupid idea, just forget about it. But this is the <laughs> thing: somebody made a mistake. Someone made a mistake. Yeah, they did. So getting back to to dislikes, mm. I mean, Jesus, we have, we barely covered them. Continue <laughs> um, the kills. Yeah. They just they just don't work. None of them. There's no your favorite your favorite word tension. There's no tension. No. Um, Not at all. I I uh, I said menace basically just you know grabbed the th- thesaurus and tried yeah, to find something. So I didn't say tension again. Uh, but the one that you know really sort of stands out for me is the the guy in the car. And yeah. Michael, you know, it's just a long shot of the car, and Michael just wanders out behind him. Just wanders. There's no out. music. There's nothing. Nothing. It's just sort of like. Wanders out, tramples all over the suspense, <laughs> trips on it, falls on his ass, gets back up and kills this guy with a like a garden shear claw or something. Yeah, but not one of these, not one of these kills did I did I get that feeling that we had in Halloween one where you got a little bit of a little bit of a chill. Yeah, a buzz or whatever. Oh, geez, there's you know the mask just popped into shot for yeah. half a second, like just none of it. The problem with all this. The people being killed is that you do not care one bit for them. I mean, there's characters here that spend their only screen time rambling about most of the time sex, and then are killed off pretty quickly. I mean, take for instance the guy you just mentioned in the car. He has one scene, maybe two scenes max. Yeah, and it's all in that one area where he turns up to get some beer. Two scenes too many for mine. Yeah, he's bloody hopeless. And he's killed off. If you if your characters are shit, you need death scenes to deliver. Yeah. If you've got good characters, at least you feel for when they die too. Yeah. For the horror genre, I mean, even just getting getting some of that half right will carry you through a little bit. Mm. You know, it it won't get you five stars on. No. The, it won't get you five stars on the Thrill Me podcast. But it might get you looking. <laughs> it won't get you three stars on the <laughs> podcast, I don't think, either. But the gore, yeah, the gore's non-existent. The the Myers house has changed dramatically. <laughs> it's 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 uh, grown about three. It's a haunted mansion out yeah. of Disney. It's grown, it's grown a couple of levels yeah. on top of the house. Um, 
There's weeds and everything. Yeah, that, and, and it seems to be in a nice suburb. And yeah. There's a shithole in the middle fairly, of the suburb. Fairly affluent kind of suburb. But they seem they seem to be happy to have this sort of decrepit, haunted house just oh, dear, you know man. sitting in the middle of it. Yeah, it um, just it again. These are decisions that I think were made with no thought about. I mean, I don't care about continuity because the series is noted for skipping continuity and moving on from things, as you said, but. This changing the Myers house and all that kind of stuff just stinks of we do whatever we want. No yeah. one's going to care. And they've, they, they, the box office receipts tell me that people did care. Yeah. They got sick of this sort of crap. Well, I, I mean, <clears throat> the house on the inside could have been anything. But I mean, it looks so big on the – judging by the interiors in, in the shots and it seems to be about 50 rooms in there. Yeah. I'm a bit the same. Like you think you probably don't really care, but I mean they'd established they'd established the look of the Myers, like where the Myers house was. They'd sort of established yeah. this thing for it to just so to just go for such a departure was probably a. It's like what you said. It probably put a few people off. Yeah. Um. You could you, you can change these things and not have people notice sometimes. Like design elements, you, 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 each designer sort of puts their own spin on it. Mm. This one just didn't even look anything like that. Yeah, yes, you know. that's right, and and that, the, the, to me, that is the fatal flaw from this film, and it is that it seems like no one cares about the quality, and I understand it's a three million dollar budget, and that's not a lot of money, but it's enough to make a better movie than what they made. Jesus, if you're giving points for trying, I mean, Ollie Martin had a real crack. Didn't oh, you? God, let's not go back to that. Was there any other dislikes that stick out? <clears throat> Lucas's face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like looks like the special effects department just <laughs> they took their check and then just said, "Look, they don't need much. Just whack a bit of modelling clay on yeah, his face." Yeah. He looks. I mean, he's bad. It's bad in four. It's almost like it's been toned down for five. But it's just another one of these cheap shit kind of corner cutting bits of this movie that make it the mess that it is. Mm. You can't cut corners. I understand, again, $3 million doesn't seem like a lot of money, but no, you're not paying Donald Pleasance a million dollars for his role. Well, if you well, did, you weren't you're getting not. your money's worth in this one because he, he did sleepwalk a little but bit. But you got actors who just seem like they, like especially all the coppers, they seem like they've walked in off the police academy set and they were, <laughs> yeah. they were extras and uh, Dominique's gone, oh, yeah, would you like to work for... <laughs> We can give you three weeks' work. <laughs> You'll get oh, your own right. theme music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're getting out the bloody circus whistles as we speak. So I would assume that we finished with Halloween 5. Mm. Thankfully. Thank Christ. Mercifully. But the merciful, the merciful um, side of it is only brief because we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with a discussion on Halloween 6. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Everyone knows his name. Now, everyone will know the truth. I knew what he was, but I never knew why. Halloween 6, the origin of Michael Myers. Halloween 6. The Curse of Michael Myers, which I believe was originally called Halloween 666, mm. The Origin of Michael Myers. Yes. 
Should or Michael Returns um, or something. There was another there's another version floating around that's called Michael Lives or something yeah, like that. Yeah. It should be called Halloween Six, the bane of our existence. Oh, fucking hell. Um Directed by Joe Chappell, I believe the only real thing on his resume is um, Phantoms, was a Dean Koontz novel that was adapted mm. to a movie, which, strangely enough, I watched not, not that long ago, and it actually isn't that bad. Mm. Ben Affleck, was it? Ben Affleck, yeah. yes. Um, he also did a lot of things on TV. In yeah. fact, he directed one of your favourite shows. What's that? The Wire. Oh, Yeah. yeah. Well, if he's got anything to do with that, he obviously um, it, it, this wasn't his fault. This was pre. This was pre the wire. Yeah, yeah. So he was still learning. But look, no, look. This is someone else's fault. <laughs> if this bloke has got any involvement with the wire. Okay. He's obviously got something going. Okay. Written by Daniel Franz, who I don't think has any other writing credits of any kind. I believe he's he does make documentaries. He made Never Sleep yeah, Again and Crystal Lake again. Memories. So he's very much a fan of sort of slasher and horror franchises. And he's done a really good job. Yeah, he, those uh, those docos are excellent. So, they are. They're, they're actually really, really well done. But uh, he doesn't get any points for that. No, no, no. That's got not nothing tonight. to do with it. Not tonight. No. Not, Nor does Mr. Chappelle. The produced, it's produced by Mustafa Akkad, of course, and Paul Freeman. Stars Donald Pleasance on his last legs. <laughs> Why is that funny? Oh, no, it's not funny. The poor bugger. Look, this is a lot, not a good way to go out. Honestly, no, it wasn't. We'll get into it further, but it wasn't bit, good. I'm a little bit concerned about you, though, breaking out a, you know, a eulogy and then giggling. <laughs> I'm not giggling at it. Paul Rudd. His first role, this was, I believe, mm. was pre-clueless. And he's all right in this. Yeah, he's all right. Well, relative as well to as you else can in movie. be in a movie like this. Yeah, and, and you know. When you're mumbling bloody incoherent bullshit about <laughs> oh god, and then and Marianne Hagen, who was recently in a movie called Stakeland, it's a vampire film from yeah. 2010, which I believe isn't too bad. The budget on this is actually a couple of million higher than um, Part Five. Part Five was three million dollar budget, and this one was five. And in fact, there was a bit of a story floating around that Dimension, who produced this film, or with the um, studio behind it. We're having some money problems with a couple of other properties they had at the same time. One of them was Hellraiser, and they they took a million dollars out of this budget. So it was probably meant to be about six or seven in the initial phase, cut down to five. Obviously, that extra couple of million probably would have put it over the top, mm. you think? No. Um, box office was about 15 million. Right. Halloween 5, we had no likes. Yep. None. Is there any likes here? Well, it's going to sound a bit odd mm. because I am in the Halloween 5 corner, reluctantly, might I add, but there is a couple of likes for this. There is. Michael looks better, for starters. He does. They fixed up the mask to some extent because 5 was just a travesty. Um, well, the guy under the mask was, wasn't as good looking, I'm sure, <laughs> considering how <laughs> yeah. Calvin Klein model was in 5. Exactly, yeah. Well, um, part 5 looked like... They'd forgotten to bring the mask to set and they just scrumpled up a bit of paper or something and made a mask out of that. But this one actually looks all right. Yes. Um, Michael himself, still not so great, but I think it's... He's a lumberer. Well, he's a lumberer, but when he's uh, when it's sort of in close and in tight and stuff like that, he's pretty good and I think he's better than five. He does the job. Gore effects are probably better. 
Yeah, they but they're probably showcased more. That, yeah, they were sort of non-existent. Yeah. Five, five so is almost forgotten. That's a, that's a plus. Yeah, that's a plus. One of the big pluses for me, and and I think what puts me in this in this movie's corner, I think the atmosphere is better. There is some effort put in to make it to give it a few of those classic Myers in the background scenes. Yeah, just when we're never in five. Yeah, look, I'll probably restrict that to during the kills. I think, yeah, I would agree with you. They've they've handled him a lot better in that, and there is a bit of atmosphere at points. I don't know if I would say it's it's good for the whole movie. No, but it is certainly a little better. Oh, it's yeah. hardly Carpenter esque. No, but no. it's good enough to give you a little bit of the old Halloween. Yeah, exactly. You know, that they tried, they did in four. They had some of it in two. You know, like they were the classic staples of Halloween. Five seems to. Have Almost forgotten that. Yeah, that was one of the big things missing from part five for me. I thought some of those scenes were just handled so poorly. It just didn't even feel like a slasher in some parts. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'll uh, I'll go with you there. That is the, handled better. In the last one for me is that Haddonfield looks like Haddonfield. Yeah. It has that Halloween vibe. It has the, the – it looks like fall over there. The Myers house is back to being – Similar to what it originally was. Yep. Not some gothic mansion. And that works in the movie's favour. Again, it seems like they're going back to basics a little bit. Yeah. Again, I'll probably stop short of where you've got to. Haddonfield certainly does look better and it looks like the first movie. Mm. But it's barely in there. Nah. I mean, they give you two or three establishing shots or something at... at yeah, there's a couple of 25 shots. Minutes. Couple of shots of the whole street, and that's where about it, it. Yeah, a couple of shots of the whole street where it looks just like the first film. Um, I, I love the, I love it when they try to sort of showcase the bringing back the Halloween party scene, mm. and it looks like some sort of rave. Or something. <laughs> there's burning, there's uh, you know barrels burning and all this kind of rubbish in the background. <laughs> that kind of undoes all that good work. Yeah, dislikes. All right. This is where things get ugly. This is where things get ugly. Look, straight from the outset, we've got some absolute gems. <laughs> we're in a we're in um, some sort of dungeon, and um, you know we have what turns out to be Jamie. We're delivering host- babies. We're delivering down babies. Down babies <laughs> I believe. Gurney. We're in a dungeon with flames on the wall, like uh, you know little. Oh, well, I don't know. What I guess you call, call them. them like lanterns. Like lanterns, they? basically. Look, they were the sort of thing that people chase Frankenstein with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, why is uh, why is it so important that everyone has their hospital scrubs on? I don't know. <laughs> there's no cleanliness. <laughs> there's a cleanliness issue involved yeah. here. I mean, really, come right. on. Who's um, who's who's this safety rep? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's certainly not Michael. The, I mean, the man in black's got a full surgical unit <laughs> down there. I mean, what's yeah? They must have a really good dental plan or something in the yeah, in the cult down there. Just that, to um, put you in the picture, this whole movie starts in this dungeon. This woman's giving birth. It is meant to be the girl from Five, Four and Five, uh, yep. Jamie Lloyd, different actress, mm-hmm. which immediately throws you off a little bit. You're not actually told who it is until 
two or three minutes in, she's had the baby, and then the woman comes to her and gives it to her. Yeah. She says, go. That so, woman wasn't happy with the dental plan. She wanted to see She, wanted she said, fuck this. I've had enough of this late-night dungeon yeah. fucking baby I'm, delivery I'm service getting, I'm involved in. I'm not getting penalty rates here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she kept looking at her watch and going, Jesus, I'm on overtime. Yeah, exactly. You're not actually told who she is until she's handed the baby. So immediately you're not quite sure who this person is. Even if yeah. you're up with the series, you're not sure. You're going to – some people are going to assume and assume correctly that it's Jamie Lloyd, but not everyone's going to. She makes a bolt for it. Michael's in on, on her hammer, obviously. She gets in a car and she hot, hot foots it out of there. Now – at this stage, we're out of this dungeon area and into what hopefully would be a normal slasher film. You know, you're out into the into the into Haddonfield or heading towards Haddonfield. Mm. You're Michael on a tail. Let's move to there. That's a simple setup. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. We don't get anything. There's nothing simple about this setup. It, no. it, it just goes off the rails. <laughs> and I guess that's why I'm bringing the intro up because it encapsulates. The thing perfectly. It's just batshit crazy yeah. and just off the wall. You don't know what the hell's going on. Well, um, certainly. So I'm, so I'm sort of picking on that whole dungeon thing and the, and the you know, the doctors, but it really paints, I mean, paints. it sets the scene for it the whole It paints movie. a picture. That I don't with, want to look at. It's like <laughs> dipping your paintbrush in a pile of shit and rubbing it all over the wall. That's the kind of picture it paints. It's a picture that doesn't look good and smells a little. But I will give this movie a little bit of credit here. It's not in the likes, but it's a okay. Is for the next, say, probably 30 or 40 minutes, we get treated to your bog standard slasher stuff. You don't get too much more of this druid stuff. Things devolve into shit probably about the 50-minute mark. Yeah. That's where things start to go right downhill and you begin to realise, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, exactly. And the problem is, up until then, it's not even that good a slasher film. No. It's a, so, it's a very average. I wouldn't even say 40 minutes. Is it uh, that long? I don't even know. think it was 40 minutes. Probably about 20 minutes. I would say it devolved from minute one, but anyway. <laughs> actually, 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 it's probably only 20 minutes of routine slasher stuff because yeah, I think it was until the baby has been found... I still didn't know. <laughs> and that's 20 to 25 in. Well, mate, you're ahead of me because I when, when, when Paul Rudd stumbles across this baby because there's blood everywhere. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, he went into the bus station where there was still a, a fairly well frequented bus tra- station. There's still a trail of blood oh. leading directly to there's fresh a, blood small, in the sink. a small child that's <laughs> crying. And the blood's fresh the whole way. The cleaners were off duty that day. As we said, we were watching it. Is that the first time the baby had cried? And yeah, no one else exactly. who'd been in the can heard that baby crying. Or yeah. had no one, you know, walked on, on the floor and, oh, shit, I, I just slipped. What's that? It's oh, a bit look, of blood. it's a pile of... No, no, no. A lot of people were focused on dropping a loaf <laughs> in that toilet, mate. They weren't having it. They weren't listening out for baby's cries. Mm. And if they heard the baby's cries, they thought it was the guy in the stall next to them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess another one of the... Uh, Dislikes for me, you kind of led into it. Paul Rudd is the one that finds I've the baby. I've into this punch, have I? Paul, Paul Rudd, I thought Paul Rudd was all right in this, but the role is like Crazy Ralph, just extended into a into 
a main character. Yeah, basically he's like the soothsayer in for the, 90 minutes. <laughs> in the first five minutes, the stuff he's – well, not the first five minutes, in his first five minutes in the movie, the stuff he's gibbering is on par with Crazy Ralph. Oh, right on, right on top of it. The moment we see him, he's standing up there in his little bedroom with his you know, camera set up peering across at the woman next door. Yeah. And for some reason, she doesn't call the cops and say, like, <laughs> like, uh, my neighbours. Get rid of this weirdo across the road. <laughs> yeah. No, no, she's interested. Yeah, <laughs> she's, yeah. she's intrigued. She's quite intrigued. You know, everyone's saying that, oh, that's the crazy guy. Don't worry about him. In her really? mind, she's saying, oh, yeah, that's the same <laughs> guy that was looking at me through my window and had a camera out. I'm intrigued. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. I'm interested. <laughs> Tell me more oh, about God. this guy. Look, once we get past that, Oh, and by the way, let's let's quickly um, segue into Captain Arsehole. <laughs> the bloke, the, is he the father? He's the father of, yeah. Oh, um, just a world-class prick. Yeah, he's just an a-hole <laughs> the entire movie. But it's it's kind of like an overcooked arsehole. <laughs> yeah. Know, like, it's too much arsehole. <laughs> you know, it is too much. It is too much. He's just... Every fire, every time we see him on screen, he is ranting and raving, calling the little child, the little um, yeah, the main girl's son, a bastard, and all this sort of stuff. And yeah, he's a real slapping piece of work. her. And it's like he was um, preparing for Rob Zombie's Halloween a little bit yeah. too early. A couple, it's almost couple like somebody got early. some of those pages accidentally caught yeah. in and makes Halloween six. Um, one of your favourite things to 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 pick on in films, wardrobe. Wardrobe. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> Who's tie dyeing in 1995? Nobody. <laughs> well, somebody is. Look, maybe if you're at a day camp with kids who are about 10, you're doing some tie dye, okay? <laughs> you're not, if you're a production designer on a budgeted movie, you're not doing tie dye. You're not wearing it to uni, that's no. for sure. No, you're not. Were they going to uni? Yeah, they were going to uni. I'm going to uni. <laughs> Those idiots. Wrong. But the mother was there with him. Oh, so that's I was, right. I'm pretty sure it was you. Oh, yeah, that's right. She's talking about a term paper and then yeah. tips of books out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Accidentally tips of books out. Oh, look, look what happened there. I, acc- I accidentally tipped my bag upside down and all my books fell out. Who'd have thought? And what is it? Um- what does that the, the, the brother say? What's his line when he comes over the hill there? Something about we're going to. Oh, it's just a horrendous line. Obviously, showing us that we're in the nineties. Yeah. And his 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 girlfriend's the one wearing tie dye. Yeah. So all around, it's not a pleasant look. No, it's not. That whole group, a a certain staple of this film, is also this seemingly link between. Is it the the little boy and the cult? Yeah. They're sort of intrinsically linked and. There's a couple of scenes where he gets this, hears this voice or sees the man in black standing on the side of the road or... Mm. This is where you start going as a slasher <laughs> fan. What am I seeing? Have I... Has this been taped over <laughs> midway through? Yeah. Because it doesn't make any sense when you... Once you get past that, you know... Uh, you know, you're setting up your, your your main characters and it's all sort of, oh, they're off to uni and they're trying to get Halloween back on deck in Haddonfield and all that stuff, which is, your, you know, your staple stuff. 
Next thing you know, you got guys in black robes standing next to vans <laughs> looking at little that, kids. That bit was one of my favourite parts because you see a large group of people <laughs> walk past the van and then it cuts away and comes back and he's standing next to the van and then he disappears again. And I thought to myself, is he sitting in the van going, oh, there's a group here. Uh, no, nah, they've, they've walked past me. Here's my chance. Jump oh, out no. of the van. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, no, stop. Stay, stay, stay. <laughs> All right, they're going past now. Get out. <laughs> look, Ooh, menacing. Please. Look, menacing. <laughs> There's another one. Jump back in the bed. Like, it's just. Uh, yeah, back out, back out. Look, menacing. Look, menacing at the kid. <laughs> it's quite a classic horror fair to see, you know, um, and especially Halloween. Halloween almost created it in some yeah. ways to show a shot of the character and then cut away and then come back and he's gone. But this one just isn't really. <laughs> it really fluffed it, yeah, <laughs> I felt. It, it does. It does not. <laughs> It does not look good with that sort of stuff. And no. I believe you pointed out there's also a scene later because there's this ca- character, Barry Sims, is it? He's a radio yeah. guy, the shock jock that we kind of – he gives a lot of sort of exposition about Michael. Yeah. Um, while he's the movie's going, like- he's he's telling a bit about Michael because people are calling in. He's, a, he's yeah. sort of John Laws. And actually, you know, that could have worked. Yeah. If – he didn't come like they seem to go with like a Howard Stern yeah. approach, and I think again that was a bad choice because for starters it was cut rate like whatever he was doing that was supposed to be kind of amusing at points wasn't yeah it wasn't and but look it did sort of once again though that they they have this this voiceover or this this callback show in the background in a number of scenes at the start giving us an explanation of Michael Myers and all that. You're a, you were a Myers fan. We've seen the other movies. We're not going to this movie cold, so we don't yeah. really need all that. It's not necessary. And they give you that. Do they think they give you a quick synopsis at the start? Yeah, they kind of give you a rundown in the radio. Probably enough to get you through the movie. Yeah, they probably give you in that in that first sort of um, radio conversation there. Yeah, we only need to hear that once. But he's heard in the background several times. Things start to go downhill at about the 50-minute mark. We said that before. And it's after the death of the two parents in the yeah. house. Yep. Captain Arsehole and Mrs. Arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> and, and why we just mentioned the phone call that she gets. Oh, yeah. We want the child. But it's kind of through a vocoder or something. <laughs> they, borrowed, um, they borrowed Richie Sambora's vocoder. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I expected it's my life or <laughs> shortly after it. But... Yeah, they, what are they? Jovi's on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> they want the child back. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. They want their child back. <laughs> Who the fuck's Bon Jovi? No, they ring up. They go, "We want the child" or something like that. As as if you wouldn't go. Look, and this woman is cold. She doesn't know anything about it. Is that correct? Well, she knows what Donald Pleasance has told her. After breaking into a house, just, <laughs> yeah, who's just just busted into her house. She makes basically makes him a cup of tea, sits him down and listens to his rambling for half an hour. <laughs> you can just see her reaching for the phone and calling like mental health or something. Yeah. Oh, there's this guy here. He reckons he's a doctor. <laughs> yeah. He looks disheveled. <laughs> he's rambling about cults and curses. <laughs> Something to do with Michael Myers. But we'll no, be right over. <laughs> she takes it on board. <laughs> yeah, she takes it on board. She's killed. Captain Arsehole returns and is 
quite gravelly killed. He's actually probably the best kill of the movie where his head explodes. Mm. But again, can we mention that the power was cut, but he goes downstairs. Washing machine still works. Washing machine still going. Must be on a separate yeah, generator. generator or... Of course, yeah. Because yeah. when all else fails, you want you want to be able to do your washing. <laughs> yeah, you want to have that scare where he opens the washing machine and there's blood-soaked sheets in it. Yeah, honey, there's a blackout. The world's going to shit. Could you just freshen up your shirt and the wash? I expected <laughs> that fucking prick to go... Oh, you lazy woman, why haven't you washed the clothes? <laughs> that was the type of bloke he was. He gets killed, his head explodes. Uh, I believe that was added later. That wasn't this, That wasn't in the original cut. That was added later. Mm. All right, now this is where things get bad. Now You've said in, that every in, time we mentioned something. In boxing so it was terms, from the start. <laughs> in boxing terms, I was winning the first six rounds. <laughs> Halloween 6 was a head on point. You probably outpointed me for the first six. This is where I started to take my punishment. Well, for some reason, at this point, you came out of your corner and... Uh, started you, showboating. Well, no, 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 you weren't showboating. You just stood there with your gloves at your side. And you said, you said, you Because this is where this cult comes back in and the man in black and his cronies, they kidnap the child, don't they? Or they kidnap the whole group. They kidnap the kid. And they end up at the sanitarium. Mm. They get back into their scrubs for reasons unknown. No one, no one explains what they're going to do. Well, the, the sort of druid characters actually are in their robes in with the their house. Dru- <laughs> with, yeah, yeah. With the, um, with the symbol of thorn. Sewn on the front. Yeah. So when you join this cult, look, we've got, some, we've got a black robe for you, but... We need you to, have to know, do your own sew. Can you sew? Because <laughs> you you'll need to you'll need to patch your, your own gear on there. Your favourite scene is where they're watching uh, Paul Rudd and the main girl are watching through watching the the cult guys stand around in the in the sanitarium, and along comes Doctor Wynn, the main yeah, spoiler alert, the guy who's in the involved, man in black, man in black, and he starts. Patting shoulders and going, hey lads, yeah, they're yucking it <laughs> up. <laughs> they're, they're about to, they're about to, gotta know, implant evil into a oh, child. Who or knows something? what they're doing? I'd, I had hadn't bothered to like by that point. I was just like, they're doing something. I don't care what it is. It's evil. Yeah, but they're yucking <laughs> it up and slapping back. So there was, uh, I thought someone Halloween was gonna, over. You can take the robes off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I thought someone was going to come out for a high five. Was it? Like, it was. <laughs> Yeah, it was like they were just heading up, like, oh, enjoy your, enjoy your Halloween break, guys. You've worked yeah. really hard tonight. What are you going to be doing tonight? I'm just going to be planning a bit of evil yeah. <laughs> this kid here. You can, you can punch out, though. Your work is done. Ugh, it was ridiculous. From there, we get this incredible stuff where <laughs> they're implanting or they're doing something in their surgical scrubs to the little child. Then Michael just goes off. Starts hacking and slashing and kills everyone. But where did he get his machete? Oh, that's right. Off the surgical table yeah. is some kind of surgical machete. Machete slash broadsword or uh, something. Yeah. He proceeds to kill everyone with it. Which I mean, I don't know. What do they do? The surgery. Oh, guys, the surgery's gone bad. Just save him a bit of pain and cut his head off or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, what do we use this for? Oh, that's to um, kill them. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's for the uh, that's for the speedy amputations yeah, that yeah. we sometimes need to knock a leg off. Yeah, just, just like that. Thing. There it goes. So he just goes to town, 
and it all comes back on this whole it sort of it it sort of folds itself back on the fact that the man in black Dr. Wynn had Michael was pure evil and he'd harnessed him or something which was the most ridiculous thing in the world as i said my head my whole head was numb oh. at that point and then he finally gets caught by Paul Rudd who sticks this these syringes in him I think he just wandered onto the set of the Ninja Turtles movie and That's right. grabbed the some, ooze uh, Or reanimator. <laughs> but my favourite bit's where the kids, the little kid's trying to get away from Michael and he slips between two sort of, um, I guess you'd call them big vats mm. that are only about maybe half a metre apart. Yeah. Michael yeah. comes over, reaches through, realises he can't get to him, turns sideways and tries to squeeze through but his fat guts mm. won't get him through. He's mostly just stuck there, just waving his hands in front of this little boy. Well, I guess given that he was fed through a tube for a year there, once yeah. he once he woke up in, in Halloween 5, the year between that and part 6, he's made up for lost time. What uh, What is Michael eating? Where well, is he? Everything. Because he's hanging around with the man in black. Well, but we've already discussed. There's pretty good perks for in the cult. They probably have it. You know, they probably put on free bloody lunches in the in yeah, the break the, room. The break room down the dungeon. Yeah. they've got their they've got an on call seamstress. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for all all um, sewing related mishaps. <laughs> so Paul Rudd sticks his stuff into him, and then just beats him to death mm. with a lead pipe. Yep. Game and, over. And it, game over. It ends with Loomis standing there going, oh, no, I can't come with you. I've got unfinished business. Reshoots. Then... <laughs> <laughs> A lot of reshoots. The producers can't see anything to go by. And then it comes back and it shows Michael's mask on the ground and the lead pipe and a syringe and that's it. Mm. It means he's gone and all you hear is Loomis screaming and that's the end. Now, mind you, this is a theatrical cut. Yeah. I've got to say, this is the theatrical cut. We and we're sticking to that. We're sticking to the theatrical cut. <laughs> Frankly, because um, we don't want to watch it twice. That's correct. Once was bad enough. This is. I'm going to go into a, a part that I really wish I didn't have to go into. But Sam Loomis, Donald Pleasance, it is, it's just the worst way to end a career. Well... <laughs> It's not this his fault. This is one of the big down, This is one of the big down points for me. Part five, he was hamming, and it was kind of, it was kind of funny. Part six, it was actually sad to watch him because I don't just, think he was actually a fit at all. He did, he looked sick. The, mo- the he f- looked the, weak. The first time we see him on screen, and he's listening to the um, he's listening to the callback uh, radio show, and it says, "What happened to that doctor of his?" Someone said he died, and he's like, uh, he turns towards the, the, the radio and goes, uh, not, not dead, dead just retired. And I'm thinking, is that the best he had? Is that the, that's the best take they could get? Yeah. I don't think he was fit at all. I think he was very sick at the time. He died not long after the movie was completed. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he saw a rough cut and thought, <laughs> fuck, time to check out here Whoa. just in case it's Halloween 7. Well, we won't, uh, we won't lay the boot in too much there, but he... Yeah, uh, I just, I just felt really sad. sorry for him. It was pretty sad to watch because he had a um, very good career. He holds a special place for us given mm. the you know, Halloween franchise. 
for some reason we still like it despite these two. Jesus. Um, but yeah, he was a big part of that. So it was it was just very sad for that to be the last last entry of his. Very much so. Overall, this is going to be a hard one to split. <laughs> Honestly, when we, I just want to drop the gloves and say bugger it. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. Give- Should we have a Rocky Three style? Both of us punch <laughs> each other to the floor. It, you know, freeze frame. Uh, well, it's gonna be. It's gonna be close. It's gonna be really close. And it's gonna be one of those fights that afterwards everyone's saying, "Wow, what a stinker!" But I guess somebody had to win. That's right. Have we covered Halloween Six? We've covered it. We've covered it. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to go any further. We're going to leave it here, mm-hmm. and we're going to come back next episode, part two. We're going to discuss the these two movies, put our arguments together, juke it out, juke it out, and see which one will come out on top. The Vice or the Blender. <laughs> Join us, please. And and look, if anyone has got any thoughts on either of those films, good or bad, send us an email. Thrill me at ionet.net.au or on Facebook, Thrill Me Podcast Australia. Whatever you like. If you like one of these movies more than the other, let us know. Tell us why. All right. We will come back next week and provide the answers to which one is the worst Halloween movie, Halloween 5 or Halloween 6. Join us then. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.